Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, Bully Ray and I talked to two amazing guests. First, we talked to Flip Gordon, who just signed a new contract with Ring of Honor. We talk about his future and the future of Ring of Honor with Flip. And we talked to one of our good friends. That's right, WWE Hall of Famer from DDP Yoga, Diamond Dallas Page. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Someone has made his mark and has created a lot of buzz and momentum over the last couple of years, and that is our guest right now, who has just inked a new deal with Ring of Honor. It is Flip Gordon. Flip, how are you, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Dave. No, I appreciate it, man. And, you know, I mean that. Like, the last couple of years, what you've been able to do with Ring of Honor and really becoming one of the faces of Ring of Honor as well and the storylines crazy. One that I thought was absolutely amazing with my co-host as well. I mean, I know you had to take a beating for it, and I think you got scars on your back to show it. (laughs) But congratulations on the new deal, Flip. Thank you, man. The last two years, it's literally been a dream. Like, it's something that you feel like, I dreamed of as a kid, and it's literally panned out even better than I could ever have imagined. It's crazy. So, Flip, Flip, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Bully. I'm sorry. All right. You asked two questions already, Dave. Lay out, kid. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Flip, um, I want to get right into your, your decision to sign with Ring of Honor. Obviously, the question is why, like what brought you to that decision. But it's, uh, I said at the top of the show that it's no secret that you are friendly with all the guys in the elite. It's no secret that you've been on some of the Being the Elite episodes while still with Ring of Honor. Um, how did you come to the decision to, to, to remain with Ring of Honor? Was there interest from AEW? Was there interest from WWE or any other company out there? Um, there was interest um, from AEW and WWE um, and a few others as well. Um, but Ring of Honor offered me the best deal. And I also believe that that's where I wanted to be. 
because I still have a lot of time to grow and season. I've only been doing this five years, and I have a lot of goals in Ring of Honor that I haven't accomplished yet, so why would I want to leave? You know, I, you know love- I, I, saw, I saw a tweet where somebody asked you why you re-signed with Ring of Honor, and you put up a little emoji of a money bag. <laughs> which uh which 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 made my cold black heart feel joy for one moment um um th- this is a business and the idea in business is to make money are you happy with the deal that you received for, from ring of honor absolutely it's a life-changing deal Good. Wow. Oh, good. Good for you, Flip. That's awesome. And you know what? You get the best of both worlds. First of all, you're right. You've only been doing this for five years. It seems longer, Bully, because we talk a lot about Flip Gordon on this show. And you look at what he's been able to accomplish at Ring of Honor. It feels like you've been doing this. And honestly, skill set wise, it feels like you've been doing this a lot longer than five years. But it's got to feel good that you have been a part of something. You have watched something grow. And now you don't have to move on from it. You can now be a part of it and still, you know, like you say, have a, a life changing attitude, you know, financially as well to help you grow as an individual and family wise. So you got to be kind of proud about that. Oh, absolutely. I'm very proud, but I'm still motivated because I look at it like, hey, if I can go this far in five years, what can I do in 10 years? What can I do in 15 years? So it just keeps me motivated. I'm always motivated. I always want to do more. Flip, when you look at your, you know, when you look at what you've done in Ring of Honor so far, you said there's so much, you know, more left to do. Obviously, a, a Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship would um, would probably be that a number one thing. Who 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 do you see yourself being able to contend for the championship with? Who can Flip Gordon work with in Ring of Honor that you know would sell out a building and make for a credible World Heavyweight Championship match? Well, right now the world champion's Roosh. And I think I think that me and Roosh could put one hell of a fight on for uh, a main event championship match. Um, but I would, I, I want to work with many people in ring of honor, new and old people that have, uh, there's, cause we have new talent coming in almost. It seems like every month now, international people that we haven't even really heard about yet, especially because of this lockdown. So I'm very just, I'm just excited to get back in the ring with anybody, but obviously I want that world championship as I am the number one contender. You know, Flip, you just mentioned it, like with, you know, everything that's going on with the coronavirus right now and everybody kind of on lockdown and, and shows being stopped and, and everything else, you know, different, you know, I, I, I kind of like just a different body and mold to Ring of Honor. A lot of changes just before all of this happened. And we really haven't been able to see what those changes are going to be like. And I think a lot of fans were excited to see, you know, what this new Ring of Honor was going to be. How tough was it for you and Ring of Honor for all of this right now? While other companies are kind of moving on, Ring of Honor's really kind of been on pause right now. Um, Well, it's been really tough for me because I missed a lot of time last year due to injuries. And so now it's back-to-back years where I'm sitting at home and watching other people wrestle. So I'm going insane. <laughs> um, but it's really cool if you look back and stand back for a second and look at the whole situation because now when we come back as a company, we all start at zero. It's a fresh start for everybody. You know what I mean? There's like 
forget what was going on. We're starting brand new. At least I think that's what should happen. That's why I'm looking at it. Because there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of new eyes that may not have watched in Nevada they're going to watch because of the way we're doing things, the way we're interacting with social media now. We're going to have new audience. So I look at it as, hey, look at every audience like it's your first time being in front of them. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to try to build my uh, character and my audience as big as I can. Flip, you just mentioned social media. I noticed uh, in the past year, you were basically gone from social media. You weren't really on Twitter. It's almost as if you erased your entire social media presence. And then I believe the day you signed with Ring of Honor or re-signed, boom, you were back up following people and back on. Why the decision to go off of social media? Why the decision to get back on? Um, Twitter can be a very negative um, pool of people. And I felt like every time I would go on Twitter, I, it was just always negative And it was always just, it ruined my day. And it, like, it would just set the mood for my day. And I didn't like that. And then obviously there was a lot of drama going on, uh, with Ring of Honor and some other stuff that I won't really get into. Um, but I deleted my Twitter for a good amount of time. And it, it was really nice to just not see that stuff and then bringing it back. I kind of had an idea. I wanted to bring it back when I made the decision to sign somewhere or re-sign with ring of honor. And cause I realized how much power social media actually has and to not use a tool um, like Twitter where I have so many followers is almost stupid. And, but I want to use it in a way that I can maximize it. And so I'm going to like, my Twitter is going to be just fully in character. It's just going to be wrestling stuff. It's not going to be my opinion on anything. It's literally just going to be, here's where I'm at. Here's my merge. This is wrestling. This is my character because that's what it should be used for. It's a tool to build your character. Uh, selfishly as a fan of yours, flip, I- I'm glad you decided to stay uh, with ring of honor. And listen, this is no disrespect to any other company, but you know, I really do feel that you can be uh, the face of Ring of Honor, and I don't think it's going to take that long. I just look at some of the matches that you've had, and, you know, the the matches that you had with Bully, which I thought were absolutely phenomenal. Um, do you feel that way? Do you feel like, hey, you know, I know what I can be with this company, and it's almost like if I'm going to another company, it's almost like I'm taking a chance because I know what my future could be with Ring of Honor. Absolutely. I think if you don't want to be the best, if you don't want to be the top guy, why are you in this business? I think everybody at least has that fire in them that believes, hey, I can be that top guy. It's just a matter of fact if you're going to put in the work or not. So, like, over the years and getting to know you and work with you and cane you into within an inch of your life, um, I know that in the ring you can you can do it all. You're a phenomenal athlete. Um, it just in, Just great at what you do but you became a more proficient storyteller in the in in the time that we got to work together first have you has your appreciation for storytelling grown and moving into your future with ring of honor how much more storytelling and character development would you like to see yourself doing as opposed to all the other great you know wrestling that you can do in the ring Oh, I think immensely. I think it's I think it's a big part of what we do. I think as soon as you go through that curtain, you should be in character. You should be entertaining You're en- from entrance. You know what I mean? You shouldn't be doing just any entrance. Yeah, that should be you. You know what I mean? But this is entertainment. You should be entertaining from the minute, from the second you're on screen. 
Do you feel like there are any any great storytellers in Ring of Honor, or does it kind of side with a lot of, you know, wrestling guys, spot guys, move guys, dive guys, crash and burn guys? Uh, I would say the best storyteller in Ring of Honor right now, obviously I'm a little biased, but I'd say is Marty, Marty Scroll. Um but there's a lot of guys in a locker room that are storytellers, and I want to be one of those guys that can be a great storyteller because I think the the biggest, you know, I mean, the biggest grossing wrestlers in this business were the best storytellers. They weren't the because anybody can do it. You can teach anybody to do a backflip. I've seen it. You know what I mean? But you can teach them to do everything else. Tell the story. Get emotion. You know what I mean? Like not everybody can do that. Not everybody understands that. So if you can master that, you're going to make money in this business. Flip, you brought up Marty's name. Uh, Marty was in the past, uh, I guess right before the whole pandemic started, was named uh, head of creative for Ring of Honor. When the announcement uh, was made and when the boys were told that Marty was now the head of creative, how, what do you think the feeling was like in the locker room? Kind of take us backstage. Uh, how, did the, how did the guys and gals feel about a main event talent now having the book? I think there's obviously going to be question about it whenever somebody on the roster has part of the book. Um, but I, I took it as like, he's my friend. Now I'm like, Oh crap. Now I got to work extra hard because I know friends push their friends harder. I didn't look at it as, Oh, Hey, my friend's got the book. Now I get, you know what I mean? Easy pass. No, like he expects more out of me. He, if anything, he chews me out more than anybody and it's already getting on my nerves, <laughs> but he wants to see everybody succeed. And he's so smart and so creative that if anybody was uh, should have gotten it, I believe it should have been him. And I think he's going to be able to take Ring of Honor to heights they've never seen before. Okay, that's that was going to be my next question. Like, I, I'm sure as his friend, you feel very, very confident that he could help take Ring of Honor to that next level. Absolutely. And we're all in this together. It's not just Marty. It's just, this is a team effort. Okay, so you, you you do feel like that you know it's a good vibe with the company and with the locker room that everyone's behind it and wants to see this succeed for sure. What would you like to change with Ring of Honor? I know like a lot of people when they talk about Ring of Honor, they talk about the TV deal and and things like that and 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 the and the live events as well. What's the one change that you would make for Ring of Honor if you could? Ooh, that's tough. Um, if I could make one change, I would just want to wrestle weekly. I just love wrestling like consecutively. Like I love repetition because that's how you get better is repetition. That's why I like going on tours because you wrestle so much in such a short period of time. So you're able to learn so much and implement it each day. Everything you learn, you can just add on each day. That's what I love. So if we could wrestle more, that's what I would love. Flip, let me ask Dave's question in a different way. Moving forward, what do you think it's going to take for Ring of Honor to get in this race, to get their product out there to the masses more than they have in the past, uh, I don't know, 15 years or so? Um, I would say maybe from a marketing standpoint, um, Live, like something, a live show, because we need something that you can keep up with week to week. Because I know the traditional way of that we've done in the past for TV, I know myself included, it's been hard to follow. I don't like sometimes I don't even know what episode's on 
um, because I don't know what channel it's on sometimes, which can be very difficult if you're a fan trying to follow a product. But with the Honor Club now, it makes it a little easier. With Fight TV, it makes it easier. But if we could get a solid platform where you know, hey, you can watch Ring of Honor every week at this time on this platform, I think that would help us immensely. During your negotiations with Ring of Honor, did management express to you that live TV or a live show or a, or, a, or a dedicated show at a dedicated time on a dedicated channel or platform was being worked on? Do, can Ring of Honor fans look forward to something like that? Holy, come on. You know, you've known me quite a while. You think I would sign such a long-term contract if I didn't know it was planned for the future? If you were making a million dollars a year, yes, I would expect you to, because money rules everything. So, yes. We, we have something planned, and once this, this lockdown ends, I think the fans of Ring of Honor are going to be very, very excited and very proud of what we've been working on. So it's going to be a lot easier for Ring of Honor fans to find the weekly product, is what you're saying? Absolutely. And we've already started with, with weekly updates. Uh, you can go to Ring of Honor's YouTube channel, uh, we got ROH week by week, which is actually going to be updating fans on absolutely everything that's going on week by week with Ring of Honor during this lockdown. Awesome. And there's, I mean, there's going to be a lot of breaking news. That's where they broke my re-signing. They might break a lot more signings or re-signings on the YouTube channel. Um, so I think a lot of stuff is going to like YouTube's a huge platform now. Social media, they're, they're implementing and rechanging all their social media to maximize it, which I don't think they were really doing in the past. I hope so, man, because I'm a fan of yours. I'm a fan of Ring of Honor. And, you know, again, we, you know, we we're running low on time. We never got to talk about you winning the, the Sea of Honor tournament on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Ranger, which stole the show wrestling on a boat flip. Man, I just want to rematch with Jay Briscoe. Because he's been talking Bastard. smack since that day, saying it was a fluke. So, <laughs> Flip, we're big fans of yours. Obviously, I'm 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 a huge fan. Thank I'm a you. fan of Ring of Honor, and I think this is definitely a huge, you know, contract not just for you but for the company as well. Holding on to you because I really do believe you can be the face of this company moving forward. And and congratulations, Flip. And I hope we get to talk to you soon. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on, guys. This was fun. Hope we can talk again soon. Knock him dead, Flip. And I never said I quit. Will do, boy. I'll, I'll get you. <laughs> Wait. Is it, so what you're saying, is it, what he's saying true? Did he never say I quit? Hey, man, he was crying so bad I couldn't understand what he was saying. <laughs> wow, wow. Flip, thanks so crying much. Crying like a bitch. <laughs> Flip, thank you, my friend. Thanks, guys. He dude, he took those he took those shots like a man, bully. Like a man. Yes, he did. He listen, I would have never put him in that position if I didn't think he could handle it. Um, you know, he's uh he's an army guy. He's he's a tough kid. And I I, I give Flip a lot of credit because he was very open minded. He learned a lot. He progressed. He matured. And he took everything, uh, like you said, like a man. That entire part of the storyline with me caning him could not have been done half assed. I told him, they're, you know, they're going to be there. They're not going to be snug. They're not going to be stiff. They're going to be stupid stiff. And you're going to have to take them because those welts on your back are going to be the story moving forward because the welts on the back will eventually, you know, 
will pay off the finish. So uh, Flip did a good job all around. And it, it's that storytelling that I hope he takes to the next level with his mercenary character. Boxing, culture, lifestyle. The Yakin Barak Show. Floyd Mayweather a while back was kind of discrediting young fighters that are calling Manny out. And that's what Floyd's about. That's why Floyd fought Conor McGregor. Because it's business. It's about making the biggest payday. All these fighters want to fight each other. But there's a reason they call him out, Manny. And you can't blame him, especially after the win he had against Keith Thurman, man. It's a business, man. It's prize fighting. Weekdays from noon till 3 Eastern. Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. We're about to have DDP on the air, okay? We have a 60-second commercial break before DDP is going to join us. And myself, Guns, and Mike, we're having a conversation, Bully. And Guns is talking about how he ate White Castle at 9 o'clock in the morning for breakfast. That tells you Guns' age when you're having White Castle for breakfast. And also what you probably did the night before if you're having White Castle at 9 o'clock in the morning for breakfast. And then Mike, our video guy, is talking about that. You know, and he's he's a Jersey guy. Went to Pizza Town, Rut's Hut, and White Manor yesterday. And this is all before we have DDP on. DDP is going to come on and talk about eating right and exercise, especially during this tough time. And our production staff, Bully, is talking about White Castle, White Manor, Pizza Town and Rut's Hut. You think DDP eats White Castle and Rut's Hut and all that stuff? No, I think if DDP, first of all, you would probably have to tie DDP down in order to feed him any of that food. But I think if he took a, a bite of a White Manor burger or a Rut's Hut hot dog, which, by the way, Rut's Hut has the greatest hot dogs in the country. And I'm not just speaking as my Jersey pride. That is the absolute truth. But I digress. He would probably throw up. I would think DDP would throw up if he ate any of that food. I used to take white castles and throw them on the ceiling. I used to take the top off the white castle. And me and my fraternity brothers would throw it on the ceiling of the fraternity house and then wait for it to fall off and see if we can catch it in our mouth. That is the most disgusting story I've ever heard. Oh, please. You work with Tommy Dreamer. That's the most disgusting story you've ever heard. Dreamer's done much more disgusting things. I've seen him eat things that human beings, not even a freaking hippo would ingest. I got a friend, Tom, another friend, Tom from Jersey, runs a big bar down in Jersey, bar anticipation. They once dared him to do a shot of dumpster juice. What? Yeah, you know, like the big dumpsters that they throw all the cans and the bottles oh, yes. at the bar, and you know all the sludge that accumulates at the bottom. Oh, where they have yes, that I'm little. They have the little. Right now. They have the little valve that lets all the liquid run out. So oh. they gave him five hundred dollars to do a shot of dumpster juice. He didn't do it, right? Yeah, he did. He did. He did it like twenty five years ago. He was sick for days. He got five hundred bucks out of it. Oh, my God. By the way, just the, the word like club anticipation. I'm sure that club back in the day smelled like your car. Bar anticipation. <laughs> oh, sorry. You never been to Bar A? No, I've never been to Bar A. Down to Jersey Shore? DJ's yeah. Bar A headline. It's not right up your alley, Dave. It's not like that. <laughs> All right. Do we, do we have DDP with us? All right. Let's bring him on because I want to get him on because with everything that's going on, I want everyone to go to ddpyoga.com. There is a sale going on, 20% off DVDs. And the app. So let's bring in our good friend, 
the one and only WWE Hall of Famer, DDP. We don't have DDP. Do we have DB, DDP or we do not have DDP? Could somebody please tell me what's going on? This is the day from hell here on Busted Open. By the time this is over, I'm going to need some PCP. Oh, God, me too. I was oh, look at look. him and then he's not there anymore. You, there you are. You're there, but you're not <laughs> there right now. LaGreca is fuming. <laughs> There's smoke coming out of his ears right now. He wants to throw his face into a... Don't worry, we'll get DDP. Maybe he's still got an ankle behind his head or something. Maybe he's stuck. <laughs> Maybe he needs somebody hit him with a little oil or something, you know, to get lube him up. Lube. What's your favorite DDP moment, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> Not this one. This is definitely trying my patience today. Um, so we will have, uh, you know, we will have DDP in just a few minutes. He, but he'll uh, be there in a, in a minute. Yeah, DDP but, once tried to get me to do yoga with him on a, on a, in the exit row of a Delta plane one time. Really? <laughs> yeah, you? you seem real. You seem real interested by the story, Dave. Why don't we go to the busted open nation? Let's go out to Joe. In North Carolina. Joe, what's going on? Save us. Uh, I'll save you. First off, guns. Why the heck is Fireplace and the and the, the Hot Grill not on that list of places you're going to eat? That's one thing. But I do have three stories that I think Let that... Let me tell uh, you something, Joe. You can't, th- you can't... Th- wait a second. You can't compare the Fireplace and the Hot Grill to Rut's Hut. But go on. No, I'm not comparing it to Rut's Hut. I'm comparing it to the me. other place... Oh, come on. Those places are good. Those places are really good. They've always been good, and they've been yes. good for years, almost 50 years now. All right, what do you got, what do you got for season? Place. What do you got for the possibility of season three even happening in Dark Side of the Ring? I've got three, and all three of them go around right around the same exact time. The 1994 steroid scandal, Yokozuna, and one that has a good ending with somebody who's still around to tell the story, Lex Luger. Okay, I mean, well, Lex Luger, and, and thanks for the phone call, Joe. That, I mean, that that would be a good one, that's for sure. I mean, I, I let's keep the conversation going because I do think that there are some good topics that the Busted Open Nation is kind of coming up with if we get a season three of Dark Side of the Ring. And all reports are saying that we will get a season three of Dark Side of the Ring. We promoted them. And now we are going to get them. Again, I tell everybody, please go to ddpyoga.com. 20% off sale on all DVDs and the app. Let's bring in WWE Hall of Famer, the one and only Diamond Dallas Page. Sir, how are you this morning? Great, man. Great. Can you see me on this thing? We, we, we could see you. We can hear you. It's a blessing. All right. Very good. Very good. Page, how you doing, brother? Doing great, man. Did Tommy really drink a shot of that sludge? Yes. Yep. And and, and, and DDP knows who we're talking about. I'll never, uh, quick story. Never forget the first time I met DDP. I was a bouncer at Bar A. It was 1992. I'm working the front door. All of a sudden, here comes DDP and Bam Bam Bigelow. They come riding up on their Harleys like the entire place just stopped. They're in awe of Paige and Bam Bam. I think, I think Shane McMahon was riding on the back of your bike or maybe even, uh, or, or Bam Bam's bike. And at the end of the night at like 1.30 in the morning, one of the other bouncers comes up to me. He's like, yo, Shane McMahon is trashed in the balcony bar, and we got to get him out of here. And I just remember walking out with you in the front and me and Bam Bam with Shane slung over our shoulder. And that was like my first encounter with any like real big stars in the wrestling business. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> I can remember that. And when we and then we end up in the invasion angle, we're sitting on the ring apron together. <laughs> exactly. Those are great moments, man, because you know, when they go full circle, you know, it was, it was it was really awesome to see another brother make their way up there. Well, you know, DDP and and I don't know if you heard, but during the break before you joined us, you know, our production staff is bringing up all these fast food restaurants, White Castle, White Mana, you know, Rut's Hut and stuff like that. There is no way that you would eat like a White Mana or a big, you know, Whopper or a big, that you couldn't eat something. You would get instantly sick if you ate something like that, I would think. Well, when you when you really did, really that's what happens when you when you eat real food, like clean real food. Like I call that fake fast food. It's mostly chemicals, man. You know. So today, like I'm not preparing to be 65. That's next year. I'm preparing to be 75, 90, 85, 95. So no, I wouldn't eat that shit. Not on a bet. Not for money. <laughs> No bullshit. Coca-Cola, if they offered me $10 million, which would never happen, and so it's easy to say that, but I mean it. If they offered me $10 million to front their product, I would say no, because I'd rather you drink regular Coke than Diet Coke. I'd rather you snort Coke than drink Coke. I mean, poison <laughs> Oh, interesting. We'll talk about that off air. <laughs> we'll go back to 92. <laughs> so speaking of snorting coke, how's DDP yoga going? Well, you know, since uh, it's really amazing because once the whole COVID thing happened, um, I got a call from the guys at um, TMZ. And they've done a lot of stuff for us, for Jake and Scott and, you know, over the years. And um, they said, hey, man, I one of the producers, um, Jared's like, I do your program. Harvey was saying, what are some of the best home workouts out there? I told him DDP yoga. He goes, let's get him on. So they, him and Charles brought me on TMZ for probably 12 minutes. And we talked just about the program and everything. And, and it gave us an amazing push. And then... Um, the governor here in um, in Georgia, Kemp, who I voted for and I've met, he's a really good guy. Uh, he decided to start opening up a bunch of, you know, uh, from restaurants to um, gyms to whatever. And people, they called me again. TMZ called me and said, "Would you? Uh, would are you going to open?" And I and I said to him, and I know they wanted me to like really crush. Kemp, you know, and I, I wasn't going to do that because I think po I think politics is such bullshit. I, I think the only thing that's real is wrestling because we tell you it's a friggin' work and uh, I hate politics. So uh, when he said, you know, what do you think about the governor trying to open up and, you know, is that, is that safe and really trying to make him look like a bad guy? I said, listen, I voted for Kemp and I like the guy. I said, but he's just trying to get people back to work because, hey, if they, Georgia's a very rural country, I mean, country, uh, state, Georgia's a really rural state, so only Atlanta is jammed. Everywhere else, most people, they don't, they don't have the COVID and all that. So I said, uh, you know, I'm going to err on the side of caution because I'm 64, um, but 
You know, bottom line is I think they, people should do whatever they want to do. And then Anderson Cooper picked it up and he put me on there. And this whole time, our company has been, because we're the best home workout on the planet. You guys know that. And uh, it, um, it just has blown up like ridiculous. So I've been very fortunate. I closed my workout part of it, but I... Um, uh, the gym, the, the app, the DDPY app, and the uh, and the uh, DVDs are blowing my mind are going crazy. And that's good because people need that right now because a lot of people, like every state is different. You know, here, you know, I'm doing it from New Jersey. New Jersey and New York have been hit the hardest. So it is taking a, a bit of a chance, you know, leaving outside the house. You have that fear, you know, because of what has happened on, at least on this side of the country. So the safest thing is to do it from home and go to ddpyoga.com. And like I, I believe there still is the 20% off sale that's going on as well for the DVDs and the app. Now's the time to take advantage of it. Yeah, it's really been amazing. And you know, I give seven free days on the app. So if you go to ddpy.com or ddpyoga.com, you know, that's where you're going to get the best deal. And, uh, you know, it's been great for uh, Jimmy Garvin. I, I got Jimmy Garvin. Wow. Actually, he called me. Uh, he called me a couple times. We played phone tag. And to get Freebird, who would, between him and Michael Hayes, the ribs that I took from those guys, one time I was riding in the back seat. And, uh, you know, they, of course, Jimmy's got shotgun. I'm the manager. And I stuck my foot in between the little console thing that you put your arm on because they didn't have it except my knee was bothering me. So I wanted to straighten my leg. And Jimmy Garvey goes to me, he goes, Dallas, do you really have your foot up here in the front seat? I said, well, my knee's bothering me, Jimmy. He goes, okay. Next thing I realized, he's got a lighter and it's under my foot giving me a, a real live hot foot. Ah, motherfucker. I was like, you son of a bitch. He goes, no feet in the front seat, bro. <laughs> That's like one of the first rules of being on the road. No feet in the front seat. Come on now. <laughs> Dude, I was green back then. We're talking about 1990. <laughs> uh, talk, talk a little bit about, you know, obviously everyone knows the story between you and Jake Roberts. And seeing Jake Roberts weekly on AEW, looking as good as he does, looking the best that he is looked in decades. I mean, you have to be proud when you see him on TV on Wednesday nights. Man, I'm so happy for him. Uh, here, this little backstory. Uh, about a half a year ago, I told Jake, I said, you know, you're on the road so much. Jake could be on the road some days, 26 days in a month doing his shows. Like, I've seen him go 18 straight days doing his one-man show that he does. And then he'll do comic cons and you know, you know, wrestling shows and stuff, and it'll work everything in. So I was like, man, just stay here. You know, I'll always have a room here for you. Because my, my new house, I call it the recovery crib. And the way I built it, uh, especially downstairs, we got a sauna, an infrared sauna, hyperbaric chamber, cryo machine, uh, steam, steam room, uh, um, hot tub, inversion tables. I mean, this is, I built this one section of my home into an area that I really believe in the next three years, I'll be working with the top athletes in the world, one-on-one, -on -one, who will come and stay with me for a couple of days to a week, to a couple of weeks, to a month, whatever it takes. 
to help get them back from injury. So Jake stayed in an athlete room. When Tomasa Ciampa broke his neck, the first place he came when he could start working out, he came and spent three days with me. You know, a lot of the guys have come through here. When uh, um, the, the new champ, who I'm so proud of, man, Drew McIntyre, when he finally got where he could start after that shoulder, he came and spent two days with me. He drove seven and a half hours up, worked out with me for the four hours, then turned around and drove home back to Tampa. That's wow. the work ethic that kid had. That's how I knew he was going to be one of the biggest stars. But my point is I've, I've made it into an area that I'm going to work with top athletes, and I'm not going to even charge them, you know, mainly because I want the relationship and I want to see that because good turns into good. And really positive karma really just – that's one of the reasons my company's doing so well. So Jake had come in, and now that COVID shit's happening, right, where at times – He's, go, he's leaving, and then he's coming back, and now it's getting more serious, and he leaves, and he comes back. I'm like, hey, Jake, you leave again, bro. I love you, but and I'm not kicking you out, but if you leave, like, we're not leaving. My daughter, Brittany, with my, my granddaughter, she's with me. My girl, Paige, she's with me. Um, we're, <laughs> we're locked down, bro, so I can't take the chance of you going and coming back or something. So he's like, no, no, bro, bro, I'm good, I'm good. I got this thing in Toronto. I got this thing here. I got this thing there. So he went on the road to do something with AEW. And as it turned out, everything shut down right then. So then he got stuck in a hotel. And he was cool with the hotel because we, you know, Bubble will tell you, man, hotels are probably our, our first home as opposed to the second home, you know, as much as the road work as we do. And, uh, he got in that Marriott, and then as a period of time, he ended up being the only person in the Marriott, and they had shut down the gyms, they had shut down the food, so now he couldn't even get any food, there was no room service. So he was like, the walls are, you know, were climbing in on him, and yeah. he put something up on Twitter, and I called him up, and I said, okay, I talked to Brittany about it, here's the deal, Jake, if you come back, we got to quarantine you for six days. <laughs> so we, we quarantined him. We brought him his food. We did everything for him. After six days, we knew he didn't have it. So, he, you know, he's back in the circulating within the house and stuff. And then Cody called him up about going back to AEW again. Now, originally, he was only supposed to do like 10 shots. That's what his deal was with Lance. And Jake walked into me when I was, I was doing something. I can't remember what it was. I think it was cameos. And uh, and Jake walked in. He goes, hey, listen, um, they want me to go back to Florida. And I'm, th I'm really thinking about it, man. I, <laughs> I'm thinking about saying no, you know, because you know, I just don't want to take the chance. I said, well, I said, let's think about that for a second. Why don't you talk to Cody and see if he's going to keep you? Like, if, are they going to keep you going moving forward? Because then it's kind of different. And this way, they were going to bring him down to Florida. And just like him and Arn Anderson, they stayed there. They've been down in Florida for like two and a half weeks. So not to be flying and taking risk with the older guys. I said, you know, let's see what Cody said. Jake, got on the, Jake walked back in the room. He was beaming. And like it hit him, like Cody told him. No, we're not. We're not. We're keeping you going. 
We're, you're, you're here, bro. If you want to stay here, you're here. And it, it made him so happy. And I was like, listen, when you come back finally, we'll just quarantine your ass again for six days. And then, you know, you'll come back out. You know, it's not, you've already done it once. And uh, I'm really happy. Like, he, he gave me a hug, man. Like, because now he, and that's, when we started Resurrection of Jake the Snake, which we're about to re-release in about two weeks. Um, when we started the resurrection, Jake the State, I wanted Jake to be able to walk away from the business with his head held high on his own terms. And that, you know, the pie in the sky was the whole of fate. And we got that for him. And I got to induct him on my 58th birthday. It was it was amazing. But now for him to be working back at what he does so well, the bit with him and Arn was just so priceless. Yep. You know, like having those guys together and being around. And the AEW, they treat the, you know, the legends with, with respect at a different level. Every time I go there, you know, when I did in January and how it was all laid out, man, it was like, it, it's I really love what they're doing. And I'm so proud of Cody. I've been mentoring him since he was about 12 years old. And uh, to see where he is today and to know what me and Dusty meant to each other. And uh, it's just, it's amazing. I'm just so glad that Cody, Cody could give him that, that, that self-gratification, that slap on the back, that man, you're still Jake the Snake Roberts. Super special, man. Paige, do you follow the the product uh, AEW on a weekly basis? Um, I try to. I try to. Um, I you know I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty much will get it. If I don't catch it one week, I'll catch it the next week. I'll go and look at a little bit what you know the SmackDown's doing, a little bit of what Raw's doing. Um, I really there's there's a couple of people I really really like on uh, um, besides the guys who've already made you know made their own names in AEW. This kid Darby Allen. Um, man, he, he's such a great kid. I've gotten to know him because he comes to, uh, uh, we haven't been working out at the DDP yoga performance center. We made a, another six camera shoot in my, uh, my workout area here at my, at my house. We call them the basement tapes and he comes over all the time and he's, he's such a really good kid, uh, and very, very talented and superhero with the kind of stuff that he could take. Uh, and MJF. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, I think maybe one of the greatest young heels of all time. Tough to take sometimes, but that's just my opinion. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <It's> understandable. <laughs> it's funny. Like I, I have the, I have obviously a lot of conversations with my wife Violetta about the show, and you're definitely one guest that we've had on that stands above all else. Her not really being a wrestling fan, just because of your positivity and what you've been doing with ddpy and you know I, and bully i think i told this story when you know ddp was kind enough to have me mc uh the premiere of the resurrection of jake the snake in Times square and the first thing my wife said to me is like look at the look at you know it was it was ddp and scott hall so was like at their age look how good they look what's your excuse and it really <laughs> is and- <laughs> And it really is kind of like a wake-up call in a way that anybody can do this. 
And I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass because I remember you being a guest early on on Busted Open when you first started this. You have to be proud as how far this company has come and all the success stories. I mean, you know, you're throwing out names. One mention, one name you haven't mentioned yet is Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho oh, yeah. came to you as well. And really, when you look at the work you did with Chris Jericho and his career since then, it's probably the best work of his career, DDP. Yeah, and, and he's one of my favorite characters of all time. Not because our friendship. I just, as a mark, and what, the way he just keeps re reinventing himself, man, it, it's just amazing to me. He's the William Shatner or the Madonna of, of what we do as far as constantly reinventing himself. Uh, when, he, when he blew his back out uh, eight years ago, he was 41. And uh, that, again, just like me, they said his career was over. And he couldn't even sing because he couldn't hit the high notes the way he had ruptured the discs at his back. And I saw him, he had, um, he had a bunch of um, uh, acupuncture shots, you know, needles in his back. He put something up on Twitter. So I called him up and I swear to God, it's the only time he has ever answered the phone Anytime I've ever called him since then or, or after. Um, but he did pick up the phone and I said, listen, I heard you're really hurting. Um, I'm just going to send you a video. And if you, if you dig it, call me back. If not, no worries. But it's letting you know I'm here for you, bro. I sent him that video of Arthur, the disabled veteran. He called me back five minutes later. He said, whatever you tell me to do, I will do it. And five weeks later, you know, he was addicted, you know, to the program. And three months later, he headlined with Punk, you know, at WrestleMania. And now at 49, to get a multi-million dollar three-year deal with AEW, I mean, obviously, you know, the shit works. But I think what, what when Cody asked me if I would do this, you know, do one more match, and I said, well, there's something I want to do first before the match that could set it up because I do have one more in me, you know, not a singles match. And I don't want anything to do with that, but a tag situation. I said, I, I, I got to go out there. However, you put it together where I say, if you told me 19 years ago that DDP would be back on TNT with a company called AEW, I'd have to say you were smoking crack, you know, because how? How was that possible? But it happened. And me and Max shot a great angle out of that and got Wardlow involved and turned into the, you know, the match. And uh, so I told Cody, I want everybody. I want to get with everybody, dude. I ain't been in a ring really 15 years. So I want to get with everybody. And, uh, so we got a little group together. You know, we got around the ring, started playing around. And, uh, and then Cody told me, whatever you want to do in the comeback is yours. He goes, at the end of it, you know, uh, Dustin's going to do his thing off the apron and QT's going over the top. And then you go off the top rope. He goes, it'll be great. And I, <laughs> and I just looked at him. <laughs> I said, okay. And the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I'm thinking, oh wow! All right, now I've really got now I've really got to prove that what I do really works. 
Right. And to be able to come out there and blow that comeback and then come off the top rope down to the guys on the floor. Uh, I've got that magic shot. And for those, uh, let me see, what the hell I do with it? Oh, here it is. For people who are watching the video part, like, that's like, it's like, I got the the picture of the, the wave I surfed that was like 10 foot tall, and I got that. <laughs> that's a great like, shot. That's a great moment in time, man. Oh, man. It was so, the place went batshit. And about two weeks later, Cody says to me, he goes, do you got one more? <laughs> I said, oh. How, how do I follow that? You know, how do I follow that? Yeah. And I'll tell you what, down the line, let's make it when I'm like 65. So it has another credence to what I do. I go, but it's got to be something that would have to be like same level. I couldn't, because I don't want to do anything that's less than, you know? So it'll be interesting. It's just a lot of fun being a part of it. Super laid back there. Like I, I watch Cody, the very first all in, I was there for him that day to do the the cutter for, um, you know, for him in, in his match, and um, just to watch him backstage with the guys, and it just hey, have fun out there, you know. It's just it's super it's super loose, and believe it or not, Tony Khan, for being as new to the business, and everything, and being such a fan that he's been, he is amazing on writing out the times and doing the tracking, you know, the kind of stuff that Gorilla did, you know, like he's got it like down precision. It's, you know, they, they run, they're running, a, especially now coming out of Jacksonville, out of the, uh, um, the arena there. I mean, it, it really looks amazing. And I'm a guy who really want the people there big time, but they've, I, the way I've seen them do what they've done, you know, I'm proud of what they did. And, I think this is great for you know, my other boy, Drew McIntyre. I love that you know, you're seeing him grow every week as that performer and that confidence. And back four years ago, five years ago, when I was there, people asking me on interviews, who's the next big star? I said, Drew McIntyre. And then nothing really happened for him. And then about a year ago or so, someone had asked me, so do you still think Drew McIntyre is the guy? I said, absolutely. I said, if they let him be him, let him be James Bond, you know, professional wrestling, which is who he is. And uh, now they are. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to see when people come back and how they react to him because they're going to go batshit crazy. You mentioned Tony Khan, and you said about, like, I think a lot of people don't understand. He was the analytic guy for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, he's all about numbers and precision and timing, and I think that shows when you watch AEW wrestling as well, DDP. Yeah, and, and Cody was the first one to point it out to me. He's like, Tony is amazing on, you know, timing everything out and doing all that. And, uh, um you know, I, I started to you know watch it when I was there. And I was like, wow. And super, this guy's a billionaire who's super nice. Hey, Garrett, Garrett, yeah. I'm doing a show. <laughs> We're about to film. Who is that? That's one of my boys, Garrett. He, he, he does all the filming because we got like five cameras in the room. So he does all the flicking from one mat, you know, one move to another and, you know, gets different angles. So like we're producing, we're producing film here, baby. Not yet. 
but we're going to be doing that. And he, he's talking like he's like, there's nobody here. Like not miss me doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Tremendous. Amazing. Thank you so much. As always, you're always tremendous each and every time you come on again, ddpyoga.com, 20% off all DVDs and the app. So, you know, how else can people get in touch with you and how else can people get a part of this great gift that you're giving? Um, you know, I always tell people to go to Twitter or uh, Instagram. By the way, there, there's a guy named Simon Bond who is creating these diamond cutters on, um, like, scenes that have already happened. I put up a, like, Barry Sanders had somebody faint in one of his talks, and he has me slide in as the actual, he has me slide in as my video game character in the WWE. You know, I'm, I'm dressed like WCW days with a bang shirt and come through and grab people right as they're about to fall in real life. He's made some of the funniest videos. Go to Instagram and go to my Diamond Dallas page. Um, you know, I've Diamond Dallas page at Diamond Dallas page at DDP Yoga, but go on Instagram or my Twitter and look for those. They are ridiculously funny. Um, and I always tell people, you know, if you really want to know about the program, don't ask me anything about DDPY. And I'm branding everything DDPY right now. The company will always be DDP Yoga, but I'm branding it DDPY. Why? Because I want people to stop calling it just fucking yoga because it's not just yoga. And that's why I've gotten all these superstars and guys who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga to do my DDP yoga program because it's so different. But don't take my word for it. Go on Facebook, DDP yoga, one word, just DDP yoga. It'll be a members only. It's like 50,000 people on that site on the YouTube page. I mean, a uh, Facebook page and read what they write about. I mean, they don't write like awesome workout. They write paragraphs and then they talk about and they help each other and pull each other up because the one thing you need, you need to have a supportive team around you when you're trying to not just change your life, but own your life. And one other plug I want to put in there, uh, if, you, if you're looking for a really great book or audio book, Positively Unstoppable, The Art of Owning It, it's every lesson I've ever taught. It's a blueprint for not just changing your life, but owning your life. Go to ddpy.com. Seven days free up front. Check it out. Fellas, nice. great to work with you. Thank Love you. you. Love you, Bubba. See you. Love you, brother. <laughs> Thanks so much. Always, always great having DDP on. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barak Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. He's a great storyteller, uh, Bully, when you talk to somebody like DDP. And as many times as we have had DDP on, he doesn't repeat stories. He's got a new story every time that he joins us. Obviously, we want to 
you know, want to uh, promote DDPY because it is doing phenomenal things. And how much that company has grown, he can't really solidify a name. He changes it to DDPY, to DDPY Yoga, to DDPY. But I digress. It's done great things, Bully. But every time we have him on, he has amazing stories. Trivia question. What was the original name of DDP Yoga? Oh, it, it wasn't uh, DDP Yoga? Nope. What was it? YRG. YRG. That's right. I remember that. Y-R-G. Yoga for regular guys. That's right. Yeah. And then he wanted it. And then it, then he added DDP yoga. And then he wanted to get rid of yoga because, like he says, he doesn't want the yoga because people, it's not your regular yoga. So DD hunts DDPY. What was the over under on how many questions we would get to ask? I I actually think the count was I asked I believe we asked two questions each <laughs> I think right brother can brother can go which is fine I mean you know he because he's man the guy's always thinking so he's a storyteller he, he is a storyteller so when he was talking you know I asked that one question and he didn't answer the question because he told the story about Jimmy Garvin. And then that Jimmy Garvin turned into Jake and it turned into, which is fantastic. That's why it's always great having DDP on. And you, you, yeah, he had that match, you know, with, you know, uh, on TNT. And think about that. He's right. You know, 20 years later, you know, DDP wrestling again on TNT, you know, something that you never thought would happen. And that's, that's absolutely true. Like the the fact that what he was able to do with WCW that ruled TNT and that Monday Night War with the WWF, and there he is 20 years later wrestling on TNT. That's a hell of a story to tell, Bully. Yeah, and I completely disagree with him about the one more match. There is no doubt in my mind with the shape that Paige is in, he can have another match. And nobody's asking him to dive off top ropes or or do anything. And he talked about, you know, being able to have a match as good as, if not better, than the last match he had. And if you're in there with the right opponent, with the right story and the right psychology in the ring, there's no doubt a guy like Paige could have another match. Because if you're watching DDP have a match, what's the number one thing you want to see him do? Bang! You want to see that diamond cutter. And that's what you build to the whole match. If you're going to have a match with DDP, if he's worried about doing anything, man, you can go straight to the heat because DDP's shine is going to be his entrance. Here comes DDP to the ring. He's going to stand on that turnbuckle. He's going to hit the bang. You're going to get the pomp and circumstance and the fanfare. Soon as that bell rings, you blast him in the back of the head. You get some good steam on him. You give him a little bit of hope. You let him blow his comeback. You throw a dip in. Boom, diamond cutter out of nowhere. One, two, if he's working with me i'll kick out working with somebody else he gets the win <laughs> let's go out let's go out to the busted open nation we do have some callers that want to talk about ddp let's go out to gene in baltimore gene what do you want to say about ddp hello i just wanted to say two years ago i picked up a, a yr uh yrc at a, a flea market and started using it i was 440 pounds uh, I currently weigh 260, and my goal is 180. And I just wanted to thank him for everything he's done. Seriously, is this true? You went from 440 to 260? Yes, sir. God bless. And you, and you were able to do that with the DDP yoga system? Yes, I was. 
Good for you, man. Good for Great you, job. Man. That's awesome. I'm a dreamer size. Uh, that's 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 terrible thing to <laughs> no, say. It's, not. it's hysterical. He's my friend. Tommy's so, my the, friend. So whether or not is your friend doesn't mean it's not true. He's he's he looks good. He's he's lost a lot of weight. Let me tell you something, bully. You hear success stories when it comes to DDP yoga all the time. And and DDP is right. All you have to do is go to that Facebook page and you see the success stories. Look at in our community. And this is true. Doug and I early on on Busted Open, we had Jake the Snake on. And he was he was in a really bad place, a very, very bad place. And he was just, you know, just surly and he was angry and he was angry at pro wrestling and he hated his living situation. He's told us clearly that he was addicted to alcohol and to drugs. And he told Doug and I he was just waiting to die. This is what Jake said to us. A couple weeks after that, we did a show in Miami for WrestleMania. Jake, uh, this is a true story, Bully, hung out in front of our set and was just telling us to fuck off. He was just yelling, fuck you, to Doug and I, just to be an asshole. Because at that point, he was as unhappy as unhappy could be. Then he got with Diamond Dallas Page, and we I remember the first time we had him on after that, he didn't even remember our two encounters with him didn't even remember it. And he couldn't be more positive. And then look at him. Now you talk about a career resurgent, like DDP said, Cody wants more of him. He's stealing the show on AEW dynamite bully. And this is a guy that, you know, nine years ago was just sitting, waiting to die. I didn't sound too crazy when I, uh, when I said about him stealing the spotlight, huh? No. Telling you, man. Anyway, um, I'm uh, on a on a personal and professional level. I'm very happy to see Jake, it, you know, where he is now, and you know, God bless DDP for helping him out, and God bless Jake for getting himself, you know, on the right tra- track. Obviously, on a professional level, it's awesome to see Drake Drake. Jake Roberts, one of the greatest performers ever back in a ring and making magic happen. On a personal level, Dave, I remember one day, and I don't remember if this was, uh, I believe this was in TNA because I think Jake was in TNA for a hot second. And I, I remember being in the at the hotel bar ordering some lunch. And Jake uh, happened to come to the bar and he was kind of sitting next to me. And he's like, hey, Bubba, would you, buy me some lunch. I'm sorry. I don't have any money on me. I don't care. I don't know if I was getting worked or not, but at that particular stage in Jake's career, I believe that he didn't have a dime in his pocket and he wasn't doing that well. And I was like, Jake, you can order a hundred burgers. You can get whatever you want. I'll take care of it. But it was like one of those moments, you know, a reminder, a, a smack in the face in the business to me of the things that I learned along the way of do the right thing within the business, save your money, try to live a cleaner lifestyle because this business can eat you up and spit you out alive. And here's Jake Roberts who want, you know worked WrestleManias and made monster paydays who didn't have a dime in his pocket to buy a burger. So like I appreciated that life lesson right there. It just reinforced everything. And I'm so happy to see him back on the right track. 
Yeah, and, and there's so many success stories. Like we mentioned Chris Jericho, and he talked about the issues that Chris Jericho had with his back. The fact that he said he couldn't even hit the high notes when he was on stage with Fozzie. And I think you would agree, Bully, this second, you know, I, I don't even know if you call it second because Chris Jericho has changed his character and his personality so many times. But since that work with DDP, he has done the best work of his career. He mentioned that that championship match he had with CM Punk at WrestleMania 28, the festival of friendship, the matches he had with New Japan, and what he's doing with AEW. This later half of Chris Jericho's career, I think, has been the best moments and the best matches of Chris Jericho's career, which at the end of the day is a Hall of Fame career. And once again, with Jericho being able to play both sides, the babyface and the heel, we're getting that entertaining heel out of Chris. But you can tell how a fan base, especially like AEW, wants to love Chris. I mean, they sing his song. Imagine yep. if Chris Jericho at 49 had the right heel standing across for him. How much would that AEW fan base love him even more? Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.